You're listening to the Game Street Doppers Microcast. I'm James Batchelor and I'm joined today by... Chris Dring. Hello. Chris, not sure if you've heard, but someone at Microsoft made a boo-boo and uploaded a bunch of information that was not intended for the public use uh, to a publicly available court website. Ah, that is, a, that is a faux pas. That is quite the faux pas, and I can only imagine what's happening to that person right now, job-wise. We all make mistakes. We do. We absolutely do. And this mistake involved the exhibits for the FTC versus Microsoft trial from earlier this year. Some of the documents that were going to be involved in the court case uh, were meant to be uploaded to the court via a secure cloud link. Instead, it ended up available on a publicly available part of the court's website. As such, journalists have been pouring all over these for the last week um, or last few days. And we have discovered things like Microsoft was planning a new Xbox to launch in 2028. They're planning mid-gen refreshes, codenamed Brooklyn and Elwood, uh, for the Xbox Series X and S, respectively. They are due next year. Well, they were planned for next year. Um, Their entire Bethesda lineup for the next few years, including Dishonored 3 and remasters of Oblivion and Fallout 3. There was talks of a hybrid cloud gaming platform that Microsoft was hoping to launch by 2028. Uh, there was even emails from Phil Spencer about whether or not they should buy uh, Nintendo, if possible. And all this information has come out. A uh, lot of kind of um, reports on this over the last couple of weeks, including obviously on GameStreet.biz. Um, Phil Spencer kind of replied and responded to all this on Twitter slash X last night. He said, um, we've seen the conversation around old emails and documents. It is hard to see our team's work shared in this way because so much has changed and there's so much to be excited about right now and in the future. We will share the real plans when we are ready. Most of these documents are somewhat outdated. Some of them are from last year, so it won't be that different. But then the, you know, the email of him talking about acquiring Nintendo was from June 2020, before they'd even bought Zenimax or tried to buy Activision Blizzard. The internet is going nuts for this. Certainly the games media is like pouncing on this uh, treasure trove of information. Chris, you said to me earlier that you find it all boring. Please explain. <laughs> it's not boring i guess i guess um there's there's nothing it's not entirely fair there is a few little little trinkets in here but i mean xbox is planning a new console for 2028 they think you know an eight-year gap between one console and the other well i never holy what wow and they think cloud is going to play an important role in the future of games and they've never said that um uh there's you know the con- <laughs> there's the controller right they're talking about a new controller that's got some haptics and element in it in july 2021 phil spencer praised the dual sense controller quite openly and said we are looking in looking at that right and here we are it turned out they were looking at that um there's things about um uh mid-gen updates you know new models of existing hardware they've never done that before either like, for me bethesda's planning sequels and remasters based on its most popular games Ooh, that's a shocker like i'm not i'm not saying that this isn't this is super annoying right for xbox's perspective um because you know you nobody these this isn't how things were supposed to be talked about and announced and that kind of thing and some of these projects may not even exist anymore but i will say um in terms of like somebody on like I think one of the kids uh, on my Twitter feed described it as a nothing burger, and I and I it kind and I kind of went it kind of is. It's, it's, you see some really candid emails, right? So this is when Phil's sort of condemning uh, the disaster of, of Starfield's delay and the impact on Game Pass and all this kind of stuff. 
Um, they've said that openly, just not in quite such, <laughs> not in that such language. Yeah. Um, and um, so there's this certain element, you know, you know, they've been looking at buying everybody. I'm, I, I just love the fact that this Microsoft's the sort of company where they go, should we, uh, should we buy Nintendo? We could, how about that? Or maybe Valve? Maybe one of those? <laughs> should we buy one of them? Right? It's just, this, it's just a different world. Um, but, but it, it, and you know, there's some interest. We've obviously talked about Game Pass costs before and about how, it, you know, it's just uh, it prohibitive to be able to, to AAA companies to get into Game Pass, and it would cost Microsoft huge amounts of money to get them to put games into Game Pass. And we kind of, that's, you know, to, you know the money they're thinking it will cost to bring Star Wars and stuff into, into Game Pass is, a, um, is, is an indicator of, you know, just backs that up. It's interesting to see the figures that they were thinking. Um, it's obscene amount of money, 200, 250 million for Star Wars or something. It's, um, it's a very, or 300 million and 250 million for some others. It's, it's obviously huge amounts of money. Um, but it was, um, so yeah, it's not that it is not interesting. And um, I've got loads of emails like this in my inbox from my boss. <laughs> so uh, it's not that it's not interesting. It's just that I don't think there's anything revelationary here. There's no shock. There's no surprise um, in, uh, in any of it. Um, it's, all, it's all stuff we'd expect. Um, but obviously we've got some details on the hardware that wouldn't would normally be saved. Um, and I think the challenge for Xbox's marketing teams is to um, work out how to communicate these announcements when they're ready to be made in a way that's still interesting and surprising in an exciting way, um, even though we sort of know a lot of the headline details. That That's going to be the challenge, because like the mid-gen refreshes in particular, like I remember there being rumors or microsoft maybe kind of announcing like you know kind of a code name for oh we've got a mid-gen refresh coming out before they unveiled the xbox one x um, and the xbox one s and leo like it, they were able to make an event out of it the amount of information that's been revealed on brooklyn and elwood like not it's not just details like you know tech specs and stuff that's in there as well actual renders of what they are expected to look like and Yes, those details may have changed, but they look pretty final to me. You know, so Elwood, the Xbox Series X refresh, looks like an Xbox Series S. The Xbox Series X refresh, Brooklyn, is basically a cylindrical Xbox Series X with no disk drive. And I find that really interesting. And you know, like here's two two new you know SKUs of hardware, like two mid-gen refreshes. I can, you know, I'm, I don't work in PR. I don't even know how you begin to approach, right? How do we get excited, people excited about this thing? That Because these aren't going to be, if these are due next year, as was you know, originally expected, they're not going to be announced until, uh, you know, so I think it's um, Brooklyn and Elwood, Elwood were due, no, Brooklyn is due in October, Elwood's due in August, the new controller's due in May, according to these plans at the time. I imagine those would have been announced either at, E3, Summer Game Fest or whatever's going to be next summer or slightly earlier than that. And here we are almost a full year ahead. How does a communications or a PR and marketing team get people excited for something that is known for almost a year that people are now This is how they earn their money, right? And the thing is, I know the gamers are really interested in this stuff, but I don't think that's what drives interest in this hardware, right? What people, what people want to see is what do the games look like and how does it run and how does it play? So mm. um, um, it, it's it's... I don't know. I mean, from what I understand, the mid-gen updates, they're not really mid-gen updates. They're like new models um, of, of what exists. And so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a hard sort of pitch. But then it just becomes, 
I've always had this thing, and I, and it's difficult. To, I know that I, I have so many reasons why this doesn't happen. I've always had this thing where the way video games industry announces stuff, you know, we have this big reveal and everyone gets super hyped and excited and expectations go out, go sky high, and then a load of news breaks. And then we go and watch those announcements and companies hold back stuff so they can have these big epic moments in like, used to be on stages and now it's on digital streams. And and I'm, um, I, I, I've always felt like, you know, a lot of other industries don't do that. A lot of industries just go, they might announce it on stage, but they don't show a trailer. They don't make a big build up. They don't spend years developing it. They just say, oh, we're going to start working on this new TV show. We're going to start making this game. We're working on this game. You know, we've had a couple of that actually in video games lately. We're working on Splinter Cell, stuff like that. It's just, and I, and I look at those announcements, look at this, and I just go, why don't, we are big reveal events should be things like the Nintendo Mario Wonder Direct or the Starfield Direct that happened in, um, in June as well. For me, those are, those are actually, you know, let's actually show people the game. Let's surprise people with the product itself rather than surprise people with the fact that it exists. And it just changes the game. Now, I say that PlayStation, uh, when, when they went to E3, the last couple of E3s, they took that approach of not making a big deal of lo announcing loads of stuff, but focusing on the stuff they already had announced. And they kind of got slated for it. And and I can under and so I understand why, you know, that we are still in this obsession. But, you know, it's not I think it's an opportunity. It, you know, it is obviously a challenge. It's a blow and it's annoying and people's work's been shared early. And you say, you know, it was an out this stuff was set a year ago. So it's probably set in stone. But we know also know how many times things have changed hours before events before. Um, so the stuff that yeah. we're seeing might not be anything like the stuff that comes out at the other end. But it is it is um, from a from a sort of marketing perspective. It, it, I, th I think we sort of need to train our consumers to not expect our shows to be just rammed with an out. You know, look how many people were disappointed in some of the uh, Summer Games Fest announcements this year, right? There wasn't a lot of stuff. And, um, and sort of, there's a lot of criticism around what was announced and what was shown. But I think if we approached it a little differently and it was just like, you know, we were going to see in the same way that perhaps TV and film people expect, what they expect from something like Comic-Con, right? Where they go to Comic-Con, we know the TV show has been announced. Maybe even they're going to show an updated trailer and they're going to have a little panel where they talk about the gay, uh, talk about the TV show and they're going to share some nuggets and trinkets. Mm, everyone loves that. Everyone gets very excited about those panels. But in games, it feels like, you know, unless it's a brand new shocking announcement we weren't expecting, it's somehow disappointing. And um, yeah, I'm not sure what the solution is. I think, I think it probably needs to train our audiences to expect a little less um, and perhaps as an industry to just you know be OK with announcing stuff early. Announcing stuff early also avoids this constant problem of, um, of leaks ruining things and getting people... Um, mm. getting people expect, you know, you sometimes get it where people's expectations are low as a result of a leak. But a lot of the time people hear something, like, oh, that's really exciting. And I like to talk about the Red Dead Redemption story recently. So Red Dead Redemption came out, it was just a port of Red Dead Redemption, basically. And, uh, you know, it's been made to run nicer, but it, basically it's a port of Red Dead Redemption that came out on the PlayStation 4 and the Nintendo Switch. Take two did, 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 did its thing of being a bit, being, being a bit, asking a bit much for the, for the product you know charge quite high price for it but you know it's, it's market dynamics means that if people don't want to buy that the price will go down i don't disagree with the criticism necessarily of the price but people are really angry i couldn't work out why people were so angry about the fact that the game was coming out the price is rubbish but it's not people were slagging slagging off rockstar really aggressively in, in, in twitter on twitter and so and i and the reason why i think 
is because it leaked through a ratings board. So I can't remember which rating agency it was, but it leaked out from that. So everyone got it in their heads that Rockstar was doing a remaster or even a remake of Red Dead Redemption. It got a lot of excitement. People were really excited about it. And then when it was announced, it isn't a remake or a remaster. It is just Red Dead Redemption on other consoles at a price that's a bit high. And that disappointment manifested itself in what I thought was quite an unusually high level of criticism. And, and I'm like, well, if they just said at the beginning, oh, we're going to get Red Dead Redemption. I, mean, I don't know if that's the best example, but it's an example for me of, of, of fans getting too excited about something that they've heard through um, uh, a leak um, and because a company was desperate to hold off, I guess. Um, and so for, their, for its moment and the moment should be the game rather than the existence of it. I hope I made some form of sense. <laughs> You did, you did. And I, I, I agree with a lot of that. I think the difficulty is games, you compare to like TV and films where, yeah, like, you know, they kind of announce that we're working on this and they might show an updated trailer and so forth and you get clips and so forth. Games take so much longer to produce, particularly in AAA, than TV and film that, you know, it's... I'm thinking back to like this time last year we had the GTA 6 leak and... No, that you know clearly from the footage like that is not ready to be shown yet. So it would be difficult for Rockstar to kind of preempt it and say, right, you know, I mean, obviously everyone knows they're working on GTA Six, but to come out and say, right, we you know we're working on GTA Six. It's set here. Here's a kind of a teaser, kind of you know how it looks at the moment. It'd be hard for them to do that because they're still working on it. It's still it's still taking shape. Yeah, I'm not saying, um, and that's a different type of leak. That's that's something far more you know egregious that's that's something like that's someone's actual work being shared before it's ready to be shown i'm not expecting like the movie industry doesn't show um uh you know uh non-cgi here's here's the trailer but we've with cgi isn't in yet right it's like they did i don't i'm not talking yeah. i'm not really talking about that here's here's, here's the literal green screen yeah. version of the next Marvel. yeah Buster. yeah exactly i wouldn't necessarily but upon saying that you look at how ea approached some of its games how it's approached dead space and skate they they now are working on that game and they've just been showing people it the whole journey and it's it, it's it's built up a little audience a little you are know, giving you know feedback and constantly engaging in it and I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with and you know and it's okay if things change like the amount of marvel stuff that's been cancelled or moved on the schedule the amount of star wars things that was a tv show and now it's a movie and now it doesn't exist at all and now it's a movie again and now it's a tv show like it's like it, it's it's it, it's i don't know i i I don't know the answer is. The thing is, the games industry does do this. They does do big, you know, standalone reveals. I mentioned the Starfield one. I mentioned the Mario one. Nintendo does one before for every game, basically. It, it releases of, of any significance. It's not It's not that we, the industry doesn't do it. It's just that this sort of um, uh, way of announcing games via big sort of reveals. But anyway, we're sort of, I'm sort of deviating off the topic about the Xbox um, leaks. Um, um, and uh, quite substantially. <laughs> but, and to, but to go back to it, one, okay, one of the things I was interested in, James, was... Um, uh, it was, well, you know, we talked about how they'd announce it now, but did you see anything in those leaks that uh, that you felt, you know, will help Xbox sort of continue some form of turnaround? If we can view Starfield as, we had that quote where Starfield was the starting gun, right, for Xbox this generation. Finally, Xbox is getting going, right? And we've had, you know, it's done quite well um, uh, commercially. It's done quite well critically. It's done very well, actually, you know, before someone... <laughs> takes that out of context it's done very well um in both regards there's forza motorsport are coming up and the previews have been glowing for that as well um 
next year's a little bit strange. There's some interesting games on the schedule, but not all of them are big, at least not on paper. Maybe they will be. Um, did, did you see anything in this leak that made you think, oh, actually, Xbox has got some real cool tools in its arsenal here to um, really grow its you know, audience um, in, in, the, in the sort of way it wants? No. No, I don't. I don't think I did. Um, I mean, kind of similar to what you were saying at the beginning. Like, it, uh, the vast majority of it is not stuff that was unknown or unexpected. Like, we know there's going to be another Xbox console. We assumed there would be mid-gen refreshes. And going back to those briefly, like you know, you were talking about, um, you want to see how how they'll play the games. Like, from the looks of the specs that have been released so far, there's no word of them significantly. It's not like the the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro were a step change in terms of. Like they introduced like four uh, K and they ran games better than the bogs yeah four K and like all the all the technical stuff that pe that people really get into they ran the game significantly noticeably better than the base models these are just new models from what we can see um, so they though that's not too exciting the Bethesda lineup as you say like nothing too exciting I'm intrigued they they mention an unannounced licensed game IP. Um, that's not the Indiana Jones one, so I'm intrigued to see what they've got there. Is but is that not the Indiana Jones one? No, they they also mentioned they mentioned Indiana Jones and then another oh, licensed game. I, I didn't see Indiana Jones. I must I must have glanced at it, but I didn't see Indiana Jones on there. Um, um, but but yeah, like the you know, there's nothing there. I mean, there's there's plenty in that Bethesda li lineup that delights me as a Bethesda fan. Like Dishonored Three, genuinely didn't think we were going to get Dishonored Three, so I I really hope that that is still in the works. But no, I mean, we didn't really get many leaks in terms of the first party lineup. Um, we, we know some of the first party lineup, the you know, you know, stuff that they showed off. You know, we know that Fable's coming and um, mm -hmm. South of Midnight or whatever that, that weird game was that people are uh, looking forward to. The compulsion game, sort of Bioshock game. Uh, but like, you know, we know there are games coming. But again, like nothing that... yeah. Nothing that lives up what? to that promise of a starting gun. Well, yeah, I think for me, is there's not there's the there's the challenge of the core gaming crowd, which seem to be sort of uh, which Xbox are having to fight to try and win over, and Starfield helps them with that. But there's an interesting line in Phil Spencer's email in the Nintendo email where he talked about the opportunity with Zenimax and the things it offers, and he he sort of pointed out a few he said a few things about the Zenimax deal actually was against it, and it was the reason why I was so so surprised by it. Actually, he talked about it was still Western and it was still core. Right. And it was still console. It wasn't mobile. Right. And that email for me said to me, that's exactly why the Bethesda deal surprised me so much, because Microsoft had been talking so much about widening its audience, reaching new markets, doing things and, and looking for Japanese studios and, and, and trying to push into Asia. And then the third and the big company it buys at the time is Bethesda that makes shooters and RPGs, which I would argue other two genres microsoft has no problem with um, <laughs> so it was a and it was so but phil clearly acknowledged that you know he knew that you know there's a lot of advantages to having such a growing our studio base so much to have this having so many studios additional studios but ultimately it doesn't it adds to what we've already got it doesn't it, 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 it doesn't you know evolve their offering and i thought that was interesting and um and that's why actually i think the biggest thing that's going to happen to xbox is not mid-gen updates it's not um uh, the new console in 2028 it's not cloud and it's not bethesda which is what all the story is about it's about it's activision blizzard and that is the thing that will change it yeah. change the game for microsoft it not because not in the competition with playstation i'm not talking about that. i'm talking about uh, mobile i'm talking about pc i mean they're doing quite well in pc this is opportunity this, this will take them to another level on pc in a substantial way 
and on consoles to see have benefits to console as well. And the fact that they're going to have new hardware refreshes during a time when they've got their first perhaps Call of Duty in Game Pass, right? It's um, maybe mm. um, that might be quite a significant proposition. Come buy this new Xbox console, comes with Call of Duty, included in Game Pass. I think that might be quite a compelling, <coughs> uh, that might be a compelling proposition to be put into consumers next Christmas. I, I think, I think the leak is interesting and fun and lots of debates and, and upsetting for Xbox. And, and, and I think obviously they've given PlayStation a heads up on their plans, but from a, um, but from a, uh, um, industry perspective, I think the, the biggest thing for Xbox is that deal with Activision Blizzard. Well, we've got less than a month to go until we find out what's going to happen with Activision Blizzard. We're recording on the 20th of September today. Uh, it's The decision is due by 18th of October. I think it'll be earlier. I think we'll know well before the 18th of October. I imagine so. I, I would hope we know earlier because yeah. I just want this to end. I want this to this yeah. section to move on. Um, so yeah, we will be keeping an eye on all of this and uh, more details as they emerge from the Xbox leak on Biz. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for putting it on. And uh, you can find all previous podcasts and microcasts on the podcasting platform of your choice. Be sure to check out more news, insight and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz. Music